You're listening to the City World Radio Network. High definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com. many others, not just limited to women. So I thought rather than reinvent the wheel, 
I knew how to interview, and I was going to go out and going to go across the country, and I was going to interview women and see how they had done it. Because there were so many that had gone before me that had gone through this, that had overcome this, and succeeded in whatever path they chose to take. So we planted the seeds. I started traveling the country, interviewing women all over. We've done, to date, over 800 interviews from all over the country. And again, it's women who originally just moms going back to work. And that morphed in time to just women in general sharing the stories of how they did what they did to get to where they were today. The steps that they took, the steps that worked, and the steps that didn't work. And sometimes I think those are the the most important steps or the ones that didn't work to help others out there to see what not to do. So that evolved. The, The interviews were great. We now have this radio show, a live radio show every Thursday night. It's a podcast as well on iTunes if you go to Morph Mom Moments. If you go to morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com, you can see some of these videos and learn about everything we do and the blogs and links to all the podcasts. Uh, we have a bunch of articles on Huffington Post. We have classes and we have conferences that we have done in New Jersey and New York, and we're going to bring to a city near you. Um, and you can find all of this on the website. And we'd love all of you to join us because it really is an incredible journey to meet this group and to become part of the community that really and truly supports everything that you do. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce one of my guests who, again, supports everything that everybody does. But in turn tonight, we're going to support his new venture as well. So, Ted, welcome, and it's a joy to have you on the show. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much. Um, I'm not sure if I can follow or how I follow that introduction, (laughs) but uh, my name is Ted Calabrese. I uh, live in Southern New Jersey. I'm an attorney by practice or trade, uh, training, and I've uh, worked in various uh, roles in financial services and at law firms in New York City and abroad, practicing for a little bit and then transitioning into business development uh, uh, roles. And now, much like Kathleen was, I'm kind of at a, a crossroads in my career, having fairly recently returned to a uh, to to the country after a relocation to the Caribbean, everybody says, "How? Could, why would you come back?" I say, <laughs> "In New Jersey, I say, it's in New Jersey, right? Better be in New Jersey." But, um, I say, "Why wouldn't you come back?" Uh, however, that's not that wasn't really our intention. Unexpectedly, we had to return, and now I'm still after about a year and a half trying to uh, trying to figure it out. But I think, it, like Kathleen, I think probably would agree and. Given her path, looking back back in retrospect, this is actually a blessing in disguise, and it really gives you the opportunity to sit back and take stock and figure out where you are and where you want to go. And I've always, I, well, I, I wrote a book about, I don't know, seven years ago, um, based on experiences about 10 years prior there, too. And it's been a, a labor of love, and I, and that's that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, I want to write. I think it's pretty good. Of course, I do. I wrote it, and um, just getting to the point where I, I, uh, I, I want to really focus on that and uh, shop it around. So, many of the listeners out there go through this, where we were saying sort of that crossroad in that crossroads. You're like, no, no, where do I go? Where do I turn? What are my interests? What are my passions? What's going to make me happy? And Ted and I even talked about this. It doesn't mean giving up law. It just means that there's this other passion out there that you've discovered and you're pursuing. And it's really, really exciting that you're able to do both. And 
I think that's a huge lesson to many of us out there that it doesn't mean you have to give up your day job to follow that passion. And that's why I think your story is incredibly helpful to many people out there. And is it scary? To, like, did you ever think I'd have to give up one for the other? Or are you pretty content trying to figure out how to do both? Well, I think yes and no. At first, the answer is yes. But then I realized that most or a lot of people are lawyers first, I guess, by, you know, training and then practice. And it seems like they, you know, they, they embark on other, uh, other ventures or adventures, as the case may be, other pursuits, and whether it's government or writing. You know, of course, a lot of, a lot of authors are not lawyers or other things, but it seems like the two go hand in hand. And, and like, as, as you said, um, it's not one or the other. So I think being a lawyer is a good foundation for a lot of things. I think it's a good, fantastic credential to have. Now that I've gone, I can say that now uh, that I've done it. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know. If I, I don't know. If I'd say it again going into it, taking the LSAT after college, but um, it's good to have under your belt. And now I think it's time to not not do something else uh, necessarily, but do something in addition to practicing law. So, or whatever the whatever my career path or whatever anybody's career path is, I think you can do both. And certainly, being a lawyer and a writer, those things go; those two go hand in hand because, albeit different styles. But so Ted's crossroad, he decided to write, as we're talking about, and his first novel is called Fort Jumping. And I have a question. Well, a many questions because this is so exciting that you're doing this but i guess what came first <laughs> chicken and egg question but was it this idea that you had to write about or you wanted to write and you searched for the idea well so and i i, I also wanted to mention i just to, to add to the last question if i can yes please. kathleen um i actually wrote this book while working at a law firm so i won't tell you the name of the firm but uh you know, hopefully my my bosses at the time didn't know I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, um, in my office with my chair uh, chair uh, backing again, backing up against the door, so hopefully nobody could tell what I was up to. And quickly minimizing the the, the word document on my screen. Um, so this kind of came about in between college and law school. My parents gave me a, a, a really a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, essentially a trip around the world. We had some uh, family peppered in Europe, the Middle East, Sri Lanka, et cetera, beyond. And so after college, uh, after I, I graduated from Gettysburg College, and I wanted to go to law school, but I, I wasn't ready. And I think that's something that a lot of kids really come across where, you know, your parents might, their parents, I am a parent, I have three kids now, so I'll probably say it to my parents. I'll also tell them if they go to law school, go to Harvard. <laughs> uh, <coughs> pardon me. I was like, well, um, but so uh, I was then even at a crossroads. And, of course, as, as I mentioned, as a, from a parent's standpoint, it's like if you don't go, if you don't go immediately to grad school or law school or med school or whatever advanced degree you're going to pursue, you're probably not going to do it. And I think that, in, you know, in a lot of cases it's true, in a lot of cases it's not. But also on the flip side of that conversation, hopefully it's a conversation, not an argument with, with your folks, is you might not be ready. And I wasn't ready 
to do another three years of intense, or I guess more intense, because college wasn't really that intense compared to law school, as, as the case may be, as the case turned out to be. So I took two years off, and I my parents gave me a ticket for my graduation from from Gettysburg from undergrad, and I kind of didn't really even know what to do with that. So that was really daunting, and I had this ticket to go alone. I mean, I'd traveled in the past, and my parents had worked in, in between the, the states and Europe and various places, but this is my first time going for an extended period of time to completely unknown places, to people, to stay with people I hadn't even met, albeit family, friends, kind of tangentially, faux aunts, uh, you know, stuff like that my mom's college roommate, et cetera, who I'd never met in Abu Dhabi. And it's like, here's this great opportunity, and then I wasn't really sure what to, to do with it. So uh, trepidation set in very quickly, and I also didn't have any money. And my dad wasn't going to give me any money because he gave me the ticket. <coughs> Pardon me. So I, uh, from Gettysburg, I went back to New York City where I'm from, uh, attended bar for about six months, got up the, the nerve and the money to, to uh, I guess, make it on the ticket. So in January, I, I forget the year, I guess January 2001, uh, I, I bit the bullet and, and, and took off, and I had no intention of, of writing a book. I was really more concerned about kind of surviving, I guess, which is, you know, here's this guy with the privilege to, or the, the, the resources, the ability to, to do this. But it was daunting, and, but, you know, it, 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 all it took was getting on that first plane, and then after that, it kind of quickly fell into place at a great time. And so, no. I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. I am interrupting. No, 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 Did please. you have an itinerary, like, at your age? No, you're not flattering at all. No, no, but at your age, you do they give you any itinerary, or you just are like, I understand, like, yeah, that's a good question. terrified. Yeah, that's a good question. So I guess it's good, one of those things that might be, you know, might be called a good problem to have. But basically, I had these family friends-ish um, around, and that was kind of the, the, the rough, um, the rough, uh, uh, chart of the, I guess, the, the, the course I was going to take. So I had, there was, my mom, like I, I mentioned, a family friend, my mom's old college roommate, had married a Canadian expat. She's American, and they had, they had relocated to Abu Dhabi. So that was stop one. And then another, like, you know, faux my mom's ex-business partner, had married somebody from New Caledonia, New Zealand, and uh, she was now living and working, running a boutique hotel in Gaul, Sri Lanka. So it was Abu Dhabi to Sri Lanka, and that was really, and then I guess there might have been some other loose plan, but that was really, but that was really it. And then I quickly kind of moved past the confines of the, or the crutch of, I, of, uh, uh, I guess, support or family support, and then just quickly branched out onto my own when I was in Sri Lanka, and from there I was kind of off to the races. So at this point you're about 21, 22, I think, right? Age yes, yes. 
And you have a year. You've now set off on a journey for a year. Well, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't, you know, deterrent. It wasn't finite. It was just kind of go. And my plan was to take, I think I mentioned I took two years off between college and law school, undergrad and law school. I did, but um, it wasn't, you know, it could be a month. It, uh, you know, that, that wasn't the plan. If I had to, you know, if I decided to turn around, but it was kind of open as, as just like the ticket. And so, for those of you that have just have just joined us out there, I'm having a great conversation, absolutely educational conversation, with my guest, Ted Calabrese, is the author of Fort Jumping. And we're learning about sort of how fort jumping came to be. And for those of you out there, we're actually learning a lot, not just about writing this book, but juggling a career and following your passion and taking that step, like how scary it is to sort of take that first step, whatever that step may be. So we've backed up now to sort of the premise of the book and the motivation for the book, and you're traveling around the world, the opportunity to travel around the world for a year out of college, pre-law school. And so the name of the book is Fort Jumping. And can you tell us how this travel around the world led to this book and the name of the book? Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly. And so the name is, you know, it's literal and and, and figurative. Um, It just, it came to me, I mean, this is not not groundbreaking or anything like that, but it came to me when I actually jumped off the fort. And I thought, <laughs> and so it was just a fort, like an old fort in Sri Lanka. It was uh, just a, a old Dutch uh, military installation. And actually, um, I uh, I was there. I obviously was there, and it, I saw these these kids, these local kids. They were charging tour a tourist, you know, a pittance, pennies, to watch them jump <laughs> off. The, the, I thought it was very, very, you know, very, yeah, well, very entrepreneurial. And I mean, it was, it wasn't that far, and you know, far down to the ocean. And I thought to myself, well, you know, there's no way I'm going to pay these kids to do it. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> this is kind of highway robbery. But um, so I'll just, I'll just do it myself. And then when I got to the edge, I realized that there, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a <laughs> It was, yeah, I guess, yeah, double the fee, actually. I should, I should have stepped back and let the, you know, and, and handed, handed it over my wallet, but, um, or the, the play money in my pocket, like the, you know, the 1800 bills that I had that probably amounted to about $5. Um, yeah, I looked over the edge and there was, it was a coral reef in about three feet of water, um, with this kind of circ- circular cutout about six feet of water, I guess, with white sand at the bottom, but in di- diameter from about 20 feet above, it was only about eight feet wide, so you had to hit it. <laughs> on the mark? On the mark, or I guess there'd be problems. And I, I, the, you know, the, the, I don't think the, the medical suits or the, the hospitals in Sri Lanka are and, and uh, just stepping in now, because I have kids that are now 22 years old, yeah, this, is, this is a time with no phones. No, you're, you're traveling alone for this year. Yeah. Your parents know, or anybody really has any idea where you are right. as you're about to jump this fort into and hit this mark yeah, at the time. Yeah, just one experience like that. Um, and that's a good point about phones. And I know, Kathleen, we also talked about, like, the, the current yeah. World climate in terms of terrorism and concerns and how these trips might be kind of something of the past. I don't think they need to be. They should be. But, I mean, there's, you know, additional layer of concern. 
But, um, yeah, there's no, I remember I would call my parents, well, never really. I had a girlfriend in college who uh, kind of was over me, and I was over, I, I, I called her a few times. And, <laughs> Not your parents. And, 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 and and I, yeah, I called the girlfriend, and then it kind of, I got the message after two or three times when my roommate picked up the phone, and she was like at the CAF or something in Kettysburg. She was a year younger than me, so she obviously wasn't too interested in the call. However, she said, I'm fort jumping. But uh, I know. I want to tell you about, I want to tell you about my, my, my fort jumping. I really, put, I really put one over on these local Sri Lankan kids. But so she wasn't interested, but my parents were certainly interested in the phone bill. Right. So. But and anyway, that's how. So things. So it, so it is an episodic account, and it's just basically it's vignettes like that throughout you know throughout the course of travel. And I kept I kept journals. I mean, what do you you know? I, I did, okay, I did I did journal and uh, not diary journal. <laughs> um, and I mean, you're out there alone. There's not much to do, but kind of I guess jump off forks and drink and write. So I guess, you know, that was a form of writing the journaling. But then, like, years later, I went back to the journals, and that's how I wrote the book in my office. Do you remember the first moment in time when you thought, I'm going to translate this to a novel? Was that something that was in the back of your head, or was that after law school in practice thinking, wait a minute? Well, I remember when I was traveling, there were some kind of cult classics that had come out around that time, like Mr. Nice was one, and that's more of kind of mystery intrigue, kind of double agent stuff. I know he's not really, but like multiple passports <laughs> and kind of slipping through countries undetected and other things. Um, and also The Beach had recently come right. out by Alex Gar Garland, of course, in the movie played by Leonardo, but uh, DiCaprio, but... So that had it, the beach had an influence on me. Of course, this was a little bit different. In, it, it, so it's kind of like the beach up until the point where he goes to the beach, right. which is you know he uncovers and discovers the utopian society and all the. You didn't do that on the first. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't happen. On the no, they do jump off a cliff though, and they do off a waterfall in the, in the beach, and that seems that was a little bit safer, I think. But. Um, so I did think about, you know, turning it into a book, but I, I never, which I think is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I never found, I still haven't found a book that, that's like it. And of course I guess that's good from a marketing standpoint, but you have these books like, I don't know, you pray love where it's like you're running away from something right. or there's, I don't know, there's, there's some other influence there element. And this is just like. Just a lone American kid taking off and seeing what happens and probably getting into a lot of situations that, you know, looking back, had he known how dangerous they are or for whatever reason probably would think twice about doing it again. But, I mean, that's part of this experience. Right. You know, it's luck and, uh, yeah, just the, uh, just the ability to be out there and, in the middle of nowhere, basically. So, would you say the title is somewhat symbolic? I guess so. Fort jumping, yes, you physically jumped right. the fort that day, exactly. but sort of all along the way, you've been jumping the fort, taking this leap, taking literally both leaps, figuratively and literally, but traveling for a year at that age on your own, taking all these experiences, and now fast forward, you're still fort jumping in writing a novel, putting yourself out there. It's scary to say, look. 
this is me. This really is me. I'm giving you my experiences, what I've learned. I'm sort of jumping that forward again. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like that? Yeah, you... that's a good, I mean, it's, uh, I'm trying to process that. That's pretty uh, deep, Kathleen. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, yeah, really kind of like, I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna have to take no, that. It's nice tea from Long Island. Uh, so, no, seriously, yeah, the, that's why I like the title. I mean, it's simple, it's little, also figurative. You're kind of jumping off, and you don't know where you're gonna land. Like, you hope you land in the safe spot, but yeah, they're being stumpy. Still do it. And I remember doing it, and I'm really terrified. I think I was, I was actually with a with a girl at the point, so that so I had to. <laughs> I did. I, I had to. I said I was going to do it, so now I got to do it. I got to do it. And I could just see, you know, cut your ribbons on a right. reef at the bottom of the Indian Ocean at this point. But anyway, so yeah, so I I, uh, I feel, yeah, you know, like a lot of experience in life are just you just take a risk. And I think as a as a general matter, or as a rule of thumb, you're always better off to take a risk than not. Because I mean, I think there really is something to be said for nothing ventured. And even if you lose, or you know, you, you don't have that, where you crack your head, you crack your head on the coral, or you you lose money, or you you get fired, or whatever it is, or something doesn't work out, you can always say I tried. Right. That's right. Versus looking back and wondering what if I did try and was successful. At least you know you're not successful. So yeah, you can take solace in right. in being a failure. I agree. Because how do you know you're a failure if you didn't give it a shot? So we have a question. I do. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just you said nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'm a big fan of old sayings. Uh, say them all the time. Do you feel this whole experience benefited you and how in law school, like going forward? Did you draw on that? First of all, who are you people? <laughs> These are my friends who I've invited to the radio show. <laughs> I've invited my friends in. So for those of you out there listening, we're not in studio tonight, which is kind of exciting. We're on site. So what I did was I've invited my friends in tonight to experience the radio show. Partly kidding. No, to answer for jumping right now. Which what am I doing? This point? may become, by the way, the new expression of more fun sport jumping. Yeah. When you're sort of taping, oh, taking that leap, oh, I, I think it's great. Know, yeah, it's That's another thing about working titles. We can talk about that because you never think of the, they all suck, basically. Right. And then you, 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 you stick one. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. You, you might have like, my new LLC name. It's Kirby DM LLC. Oh, that's cool. What do you think? Yeah, who's the day? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm well, what about the, right, but what about just seize the day and then it's like, wait a second, I need to call the DM. That could be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I know um, I got this. I'm all set. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I actually wrote my my uh, law school admissions essay about one of these experiences. Thanks, with Thailand. Awesome. Uh, and that was, and yeah. so immediately it started out, you know, help, helping me, but also in terms of like having a perspective and worldview and knowing that the world is bigger than New Jersey right. or New York right. or right. 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 
you know, many Americans with passports go, yeah, I'm going to Canada and Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> they go, you know, right, the yeah. wave of the, the, the world. But I think that's really helped me. And it, I think it helps. I think traveling in general is something that's of utmost value and kids need to do it as, as soon as it's possible. Educational in the, it's exactly. Not, no matter where you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, the of that and the lessons you can apply in all aspects of life. So to answer your question, yes, and then you're kind of bitten by the travel bug, and then you just want to do it more and more, and then that kind of, that just opens doors in terms of like, I did a a study, I I went to law school just to go basically because I wanted to go to law school, I wanted to be a lawyer wanted to practice. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to practice, but I liked that. I, you know, this might sound strange, but I really liked the, the material. Right. And then and, I, Okay, as a law student, I should not like the material. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is all. You really should be a lawyer. I should not have been a lawyer. No, yeah, but yeah, well, you practice, and I, you know, in a much more pro- prolific uh, way than I did, but, or have, but, so I, you know, my, my friends my peers would look at me like, you got to go, you go to law school and then you do everything you can to be, you know, number, you know, top 10 in your class and then you yeah. get your summer associate spot at, at Paul Weiss your first year and you get your second and they hire you and then when you fail the bar, and then, <laughs> then they give you, then they give you another <laughs> chance. And then, yeah, and then right. And then, you, you know, and then you work for uh, some local firm. But, um, so, uh, yeah, so I sorry, I um I kind of approached it in a different way. I just I wanted to I wanted to be there and I wasn't really I wanted to get the I wanted to get the credential because you know, as we talked about I, I did think that would open doors and I did practice yeah. a little bit in financial services and I wanted to business development law firms ironically. But like for example, to answer your question, I did a lot of people do study abroad. Right now, right. Kathleen, your daughter did a semester at sea. Oh, no, no, she, went, no, she went to Florence. Yep. Florence is not on the ocean. However, <laughs> uh, there, there is a river. Like, so I did a summer abroad in Shanghai because I was focused on international law. Right. And also it was close to Thailand, and that was the way to get my dad to pay for me to go back. <laughs> I went to semester abroad, and then I could bookend it with like three weeks in Thailand, three weeks in Thailand. I was like, Shanghai. And it actually just fell into place because I was like, hey, you know, my focus is international business. And Shanghai, you know, was just, um, you know, burgeoning at the time. And so, but on the, on the, yeah, on the resume, people say that, see that, and it like sets you apart. And basically, I just went and got this credit, but it was, I didn't really do a lot of studying, right. and it wasn't really mm-hmm. intensive, but it was more about the, the experience, and people always said, oh, do you speak Mandarin? And I'm like, I'm like, ni hao. If I said that to a local person, I'd look at me like, you're a stupid American. But anyway, those things that kind of like get you... So were there, were there a couple experiences like, can you, like, are there two or three at the top of your mind that were like, kind of gave you, like, a trajectory of kind of your path, you know, professionally, or was it just, you know, just another experience? Um, I think, I think there's a lot of experience, but then, so, I think, really, the kind of, 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sitting on beaches. You know. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, big fan. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Like if you put yourself in his position, he would be like, "What? Well, I'm innocent." Right. 
this other person would say, well, you're the aggressor, you would assault. Mm. And it's not, you know, what, I don't know, it's blurry. That's, that's a great... He didn't, like, he didn't assault his point. You know, he just had showed the gun, but right. he was just, he didn't know what he was like, stop, leave me alone. He was trying to explain, and I was like, you know, that's also right. a, a language barrier, a communication barrier, I think, kind of quickly mm. boil over. Did you, you did you journal that event that night? Uh, or soon after? Is that something that really stuck out? I think I started drinking. Fair enough. Fair enough. I did journal it like shortly thereafter. Did you realize what... I, wrote, impact, I didn't journal. I wrote it. Like, <laughs> you wrote it. Fair enough. But did, did you realize the impact that it had on you at the time? Or was it not until you sat down to write the that that... We yeah, it was, it, it kind of, and I'm not really doing it justice, but it was pretty, it was scary. It was really scary, because, I mean, you're out there, and if something goes wrong, I mean, that's it. I mean, yeah, you know, we yeah, can they, find we you, we can find you, and, you know, the police aren't necessarily going to help. I mean, no, it kind of goes right. away, it's just like, you're yeah, right. gone, right? And it's like, so, yeah, it was, it was surreal, it was unnerving, but, um, I just, but in a kind of a, a strange way, because it's helped get the guy. Right, right. And then when I sit down the next day, I probably groggy. So, again, we're talking with Ted about being a lawyer, and at the same time, his recent novel, for something. And Ted, one thing we were talking about before we go is now you have this novel. How do you get it to the next level? You have an agent, you have a publisher, do you consider self-publishing? There's so many options now out there. And right. where are you in the process, and what is your goal in this process? So, uh, oh, Kathleen, thanks for asking that. Um, I have, I don't have an agent. I almost had an agent in Los Angeles, and I got these a couple rounds, and then I realized, then I got rejected, um, and I realized it was some grad, like English like grad student who was like going according to, like, a, a checklist, and, like, I got the, I fortunate to get comments back, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, thought it was, like, you have no idea, you've never been, well, I mean, well, what do you know, basically, but who knows what you know, you may, you may know more than, 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 than I give a credit for, but anyway, it never matter. that's as close as, as close as I got, and I, that was a few years ago, and I kind of stopped, because it's kind of, it's fit and start, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to self-publish, I feel that I have a couple other ideas for books about Tom Spent the Game Island and kind of like that, like a firm two kind yeah, of authority yeah. to talk about, and also about um, divorce and the, the state the family court system in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I want to go the more traditional route, and I really feel committed to, to that route. And I think I can just get over the hump of getting a getting getting my first book published. I think there's a there's a lot behind it, but I got it. That's always the, the In your experience, so funny. for those out there in the same, you know, place that you are right now with a book, trying to figure out what you go, what routes take? Can you go directly to a publisher, or do you need the agent to get you to the publisher? I think you need the agent, certainly for a, a first-time writer, mm-hmm. you need representation. I mean, even for, and also, I guess it's genre-specific, too, right. like, you know, people who published 10 books right. and then you publish a book outside and you're, you're kind of starting from scratch but of course you have that foundation of being a published author right. and whatever accolades you have but yeah I'm just trying to 
selling agent. And how do you go about, like, what, what do you think? Are you selling agent? Anyone out there?
Um, what a great night. What a great lesson. And what a great thing to go home with tonight. Just think and just keep jumping that fort. And everyone, I'll see you next week. Good night. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call